Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible, a truly magical way to experience your favorite books through oral tradition and storytelling. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash sexmagicpodcast. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash sexmagicpodcast for your free audiobook. Hello, lovers and friends. This is your co-host, Tony here with her own solo episode. Look at that. It's a lot of anxiety to do one of these things by myself. I'm feeling good today though. Maybe it's because of that full moon we just had, full moon in Gemini. My Venus is in Gemini, so despite all of the earth that affects me, I definitely understand the airiness and the energy, even if it's just my romantic and, and relationship realms, which are very important to me. And today I've decided to talk about something else that's very important to me, my relationship with my body. And obviously I don't want this to be just about me because if it were just about me, I wouldn't need to record it. <laughs> I want to make this about you and I want to talk about your relationship with your body and not just being vague, but to discuss sacred movement, sacred dance, ecstatic dance. You might've heard any of these phrases to refer to what I'd like to discuss today, which is all just fancy ways of saying dancing for yourself to connect with yourself and give that up to your higher power, whether it's a goddess, whether it's source energy, whether it's the universe, if you love Jesus, you can dance. One of the things that motivated me to want to talk about this particular topic is that I grew up a dancer, you know, I studied ballet and jazz and hip hop, I did a little tippity tap. And dance was not just something that I did. It wasn't just a hobby or something that I wanted to be good at. Dance was how I realized now how I survived. My childhood was not super cushy. It wasn't rainbows and butterflies and teddy bears. It was very, I'll use the word, I'll use traumatic. And I know lots of us have had that experience, but not everyone notices or realizes or even develops a coping mechanism. And after many years of not really being able to dance and noticing anxiety and frustration and general sadness coming upon me as an adult, I did come to the realization that dance was how I coped with all of these feelings as a youngster. And I want to talk about that because without dance, I've felt a lack. I felt a lack in something. And for those of you who do not have a relationship with dance, for those of you who maybe are averse to it because you think, oh, I don't have any rhythm or I don't really like the way my body moves or what if people judge me? No sweat. Sacred movement is just about you and not about creating something for the consumption of others. It's about allowing yourself to embody every single part of you from your tippy toes all the way to your fingertips and if you can wiggle your ears every single piece of you and bringing it together in a unified way and that unification can come through breath it can come through 
the music through a beat, or it could simply be the fact that you're moving at all. I think it's interesting because as adults, we all have prescribed movement, right? Or the prescribed lack of movement, whether we're sitting at a desk all day or we're doing a very physically laborious job, our bodies become less of a vessel of expression and more of a workhorse. We become workhorses to a degree. And even more than that, because of the way we are not moving or physically our habitual movements are being perpetuated through our activity, there is a certain amount of us that we lose touch with, that we lose track of. Speaking from personal experience, because it's all I've got, I used to have a very different relationship with my body. I expected far much more of it. I didn't always respect it. Oh God, it hurts to say that. I didn't always respect not just my body in a physical way because it was something that I used to achieve something, but also I didn't necessarily respect and appreciate what my body could do. And speaking as someone who's in her thirties now, what my body could do when I was 13. My goodness, I was super girl. And that's important because there are a lot of things about my mentality at 13 that I, as a 31-year-old, would like to recapture. Not with the disrespect, not with the negligence and cavalier way that I once approached it, but rather understanding that I can do anything, that my body is more than just a bag of bones and flesh that I carry around with me day to day, or that I use to carry me around from day to day, but my soul's home. My soul lives in this body. Your soul lives in your body. Your soul walks with your feet and touches with your hands and tastes with your mouth. And it's so easy to get caught up in the noise and forget the spiritual embodiment of your physical fleshy self. So when it comes to dance, dance, what is dance? Dance is movement to a rhythmic thing, right? Dance is an expression of self and, and motivated or inspired by everything, whether it, whether it's the color of the sky that moment or the deliciousness of the last drink you tasted or just a furious expression of what you're feeling right then and there, whether it's happy or sad, it's, it's you and it's, and it's mobile and it's fluid. Maybe it could be staccato. It could be lots of different things. And that's the wonderful thing about dance that I think can inspire some and, and ignite some, but also very much intimidate others. So if you don't have any type of experience with dance, I want you to know the very simple instructions that I give to people who ask me, how do I dance? It seems like a silly question because of course, we can all move our bodies and we know what music sounds like and you can find a beat or be off beat, whatever you want to do. Dance seems like something that's just wildly interpretive because it is. But for those who have asked me, how do I dance? My response is number one, bend your knees. Number two, move without judgment without expectation, without an audience, without judgment of 
why you're doing it even, right? Because we can judge how we're moving, whether you have a mirror or something like that, which I don't encourage for this particular practice. If you're working to dance in a way that is like, okay, we're synchronizing this and we're choreographing that, then of course mirrors. But for a sacred dance, I want the movement to be not just for yourself, but also feeling yourself. Bending your knees is a lot harder than you think. You feel silly with bent knees, or at least I do, and my husband does. He feels rather silly. But to bend your knees is to allow for gravity, to be more influential in your movement, as well as giving you somewhere to move from. Closing your eyes, of course, with caution, make sure that you've cleared a space, whether you're outside in a park or you're indoors in your home, make sure that you're in a safe radius from, from other things, from other objects, so that if you start flailing about, as I do, you won't hurt yourself. <laughs> Now, if you have concerns about your physicality, which I do, I have had a back injury that has no known origin aside from the start and go and start and go and halting and revving of my own life and also any emotional dis-ease that I have internalized without healing or without letting go things that I perhaps am not ready to face head on. These things I find in my shoulders, in my low back, in my knees, in my ankles, in any of these joints or other major platforms of the body, you might notice, oh, that shoulder doesn't like it when I roll it or my wrists are tight. If I decide to get down on the ground and do some floor work, which is my favorite, I love floor work. And these things, while we could use them as stop signs or caution signs or indications that what we're doing is not okay, I would encourage you to investigate those negative feelings, the pain or discomfort. I don't want you to investigate anything that's very sharp or very much telling you, no, no, this is not okay. But the things that maybe click and you're like, ooh, that was a click I'm not used to, or noticing how much mobility you have without judging it, and maybe thinking about the mobility that you maybe used to have or the mobility that you want, right? Especially at this juncture of my life, I'm thinking very much about what I want. I'm putting my focus on what I want, which means that when I do things that are very revelatory, such as moving my body, whether it's head rolls, shoulder rolls, um, any other isolation type movements that I would use to warm myself up before getting into a very emotional and spiritual and, and potentially flaily place. That's a word, right? Flaily. You would want to be curious, want to be investigative. Not that you're trying to solve a crime, right? We're not Sherlock Holmes when we're getting into this body work, but rather what comes up for you when you move this body part? What do you think of? Who do you think of? Hips, we store a lot of emotion there, a lot of trauma, very often relative to our parents or our relationship with our parents or lack thereof. Shoulders, I have very real experiences that have illuminated to me just how much idioms and and phrases that we say like carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders really comes from something it's not just where you put the weight it's where often burden and responsibility end up 
My rib cage has been a part of me that I have been investigating and imploring with to please, please, please move. The thoracic spine has so much more mobility than, say, the lumbar spine, for example. And the neck, you should be able to turn your head around more than you expect, quite a bit of a way, almost all the way around without hurting yourself. Although you could scare someone with that and that could hurt them. Be careful if you've got an exorcist type of cervical spine. I'm jealous of it. But also be careful because that type of mobility is frightening to some people. But for our bodies, which are magical, magical things, our bodies are capable of far more than I think our brains have been programmed to expect or even ask of our bodies. So when it comes to sacred dance, the foundation for me has been the ambiance, the atmosphere, feeling private, being solitary, to be honest. I don't necessarily want other people around when I'm doing the movements that my body is craving. And I know you know what that means. When you have to pop your knuckles or you want to move your wrists in a certain way or you feel a stagnation of energy in your knee or your ankle, anything that your body's craving, I don't necessarily want an audience. And that is the way I am. But if you think that moving in a group or having a group lesson or inviting your coven to a night of ecstatic dance is more in line with what you're craving, then please do so. But the foundation of it for me is that understanding that the movement is for simply me. It is for my energy. It is for where I am right now. Right now, not where I used to be, not where I want to be. I'm not thinking about, oh my goodness, if I were 10 years younger. And you could think those things. You could. Save it for a real dance class. Save it for a regular yoga class. And, and then let it go. Or if it comes up through this practice, allow it to be there. Imagine that thought being encased in a bubble and let that bubble float away. Because the energy is where the power is, not the judgment. And the judgment can often get in the way of utilizing energy to its fullest capacity. Why? Because magic doesn't always make sense. And we're not trying to make sense. We're trying to create. We're trying to channel we're trying to receive and I was once told that in the mess is the message and I want you to embrace the mess in all of its many capacities you don't have to be trained in anything to make a mess and find something of value to you so I create a nice atmosphere. I like to set things on fire. You guys know at this point, I like to set things on fire, whether it's Palo Santo or some incense or my hope or my stress written on either a bay leaf or perhaps a piece of paper and set that on fire and let it be its own smoldering dance. Let the fire inspire my own movement. And from there, I then choose some kind of music. And that is whatever you want. Sometimes I really like to listen to chanting. They've got groovy chants. There's a particular version of the Rama Dasa Sa Se So Hung chant that I love. It's got drums and layers of 
harmonies and people singing in different rhythmic patterns. And that's wonderful. That makes me feel good. But every now and then, I just need to put on some Lizzo. I just need to put on some Cardi B. I put on FKA Twigs. I put on classic rock, right? Like sometimes I just want to dance to the Flaming Lips or the Pixies. And it doesn't always make sense. But there's a part of me that feels it. Maybe you're like me and you get goosebumps all the time. Maybe you start crying. That's wonderful. Let that be part of it. Let the crying be the spark of the movement. And find your breath. Breath is so challenging. As children, as babies specifically, we know how to take full and complete breaths. We don't know very much as babies, but we do know how to take full and complete breaths. And as we get older and the world and all of its realities become very real to us, as our activities become challenging, as our hopes and aspirations seem daunting, our breath gets a little more shallow. Our breath gets a little bit more difficult. So finding that breath is very important. And I'll speak about that as often as I need to, because it's a reminder, not just for you, but for myself. I know that I don't breathe all of the time. I hold my breath when I'm scared. I hold my breath when I'm uncertain. I hold my breath when I'm in pain. I hold it. And the breath is so powerful in letting go of all of those emotions. So once I found music, once I like the way my apartment smells or the park feels, I bend my knees. And I listen to a very quiet call. It's very quiet. Unless you're in pain, then often it's quite loud. But the quiet request of my wrists to roll, my fingers to wiggle, my arms to sway, my body to undulate. And again, I understand that not all of us have experience with our bodies. I understand that at first you might feel silly. Silly might be kind. You might feel downright stupid. But I want you to know that those feelings are in your brain, which means that they're not feelings at all, right? They're thoughts that provoke these feelings. And just like I want you to allow the music to move you, I want you to let your feelings move you rather than letting them be the reason you stay stuck. I looked up on the internet because we have the internet, we have our phones at our fingertips, computers, if you have one at home and you're, you're someone like me who likes to just search and see what's, what's out there. I searched sacred dance and sacred movement and I didn't find much friends. I really didn't. I found a few people who wrote articles. They were brief. I found a couple instructors or, or, um, spiritual people who have taken on the role of sacred dancer and, and movers and healers. And that's, that's fantastic. Not that we can't find information. That's kind of a bummer, but that there are people who feel this calling as I do. To all our Sex Magic Podcast lovers, we are so excited to share with you our collaboration with Audible. For all our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And hit us up if you need a few book recs. You can DM us on Instagram or send us an email. What are you going to listen to? 
To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash sexmagicpodcast. My motivation behind talking about it today is that your body and your sexuality go hand in hand and your spiritual being inhabits this body. And I would like very much for all of us to get to a place where we are loving ourselves in ways that we maybe didn't expect before. I love masturbating. I really do. And I hope you do too. And if you don't, that's okay. Sexuality is spectrum. It is fluid. It ebbs, it flows, it cycles, it sways, it dies. It is what it is. Sometimes it's reborn, depending on how you are approaching where you are in your life. Perhaps there was a trauma that you needed to come back from. And I applaud you for all of that work. I would love for your body to be connected to you in every sexual way, every spiritual way. And I think movement is inherently both spiritual and sexual. Moving your hips, rolling your neck. I don't think it's a coincidence that the people who are very much in control of their bodies and very much in touch with how their bodies want to move are appealing to us. We like to watch burlesque and pole dancing. We enjoy belly dancers. Oh, aren't they fabulous? I love going to a nice Mediterranean spot or smoking a hookah and watching belly dancers and it's sexy and it's empowering without being objectified. And that's a fear that I often have when it comes to being openly move mental. Is that a word? Monumental, movemental? In a better way of saying it, I, I have a lot of fear in being as connected with my body in public as I'd like to be or as I am in private. And so I would love for you to explore just very simple movements. Rolling your head in circles, letting your shoulders roll forward and back, taking nice, long, luxurious forward folds, bending your knees and rolling upward. And if none of this makes sense to you, if these words don't correspond with the way that you identify with your own body, let me know because I would love to do a video or a series of videos to help you get in touch with this part of you that is maybe the realest part of you in your life. Your body's talking to you constantly. And whether you can hear it or not is a matter of practice. Practice, practice, practice. How many times do we talk about practice? Let's not be intimidated by that word practice because I don't dance every day. I probably should. It's such a huge part of me. It brings so much joy to me and my life. It changes me. And I'm sure you've had that experience too, where your jam comes on and you don't care about anything but getting down. And that could be a two-step, that could be a twerk, it could be however you express yourself. One of the things that I really like to do also in conjunction with my movements is dress in a way that makes my body that much more present to me or 
That is to say, make me more aware of my body. So I like to wear little to no clothing. That's whatever you want it to be, whether it's pajamas or underwear or nothing. I love thigh highs for our male listeners, just boxer briefs or something that gives you comfort and also support because I do know that we're all dealing with different types of body parts and swaying can be different if you have large breasts or a particularly long penis, anything that makes things feel outside of your control. You're welcome to to wear clothing that gives you comfort and also stability. After I've done a little bit of a warm up, after I've done some deep breaths and some plies, if you don't know what a plie is, it's just a deep bending in your knees and then a straightening, a bend and a straightening. You can do it with your feet turned parallel. You can do it with your toes turned slightly outward, giving your hips a little bit more of a warming up since they do have full range of motion in that ball and socket joint arm circles where your arms go all the way up and over your head back and around and then in the reverse and you'll notice that in some directions you're like whoa that was hard that was harder than it should have been oh goodness that's okay that's okay because if there's one thing I've learned about the body through my pain, through my trauma, through my realignment, it's that it is very well equipped to heal. Your body wants you. It wants you to be at 100%. That's why I find yoga to be so valuable. Not because it suddenly makes me one with the Buddha, but because it makes me one with myself. And I am an extension of that source energy. I am an extension of that universal energy. I am the hands, legs, ears, mouth, nose, eyes of God in that realm. Yoga is particularly fantastic if you are aware of how the yogic poses are meant to guide your body back to alignment. I hesitate to encourage everyone to do flow classes because I do find that flow reinforces habits that could potentially be harmful to you if you're not with the right instructor, if you don't have the proper training, if you just are predisposed to moving your body in a specific way. For example, my butt is so tight. Oh my goodness. My gluteus maximus owns me. And that sounds great in certain ways. Like, yes, girl, tighten that tushy. But I found that it's inhibited me from connecting with my core. And if there's one thing I know for sure, and that I've heard in lots of situations is that your core, your abdominals, your abdomen and beyond in that torso region, that's very indicative of your emotional well-being. The more stable you are in your core power, the more stable you are as an emotional being. And emotions are very valuable to all of us because they color our perception of what's going on and they give us a blueprint to what our spirit is asking of us when you're not feeling great if you're feeling anxiety if you're feeling frustration if you're feeling anger if you're feeling uncertainty those emotions are not just because emotions happen but they happen to us in order to let us know how far we are from our heart's center. So when it comes to yoga, I do ask that you be as mindful as possible and not treat yoga as a workout, 
but rather teaching yourself how to be patient with yourself and notice where you are. Have a curiosity. I feel like I've gone off of topic by talking about yoga, but then I have to remind myself and mention to you all that all movement with intention is sacred. As a person standing or laying with the intention of listening to your body, following its flow, allowing rather than judging or guiding is a way for your spirit to speak to you. You don't have to be able to put your leg all the way up over your head. You don't have to be on the beat. But let the movement take you out of your brain. You're super smart, ever powerful, and often oppressive brain. Let your brain sleep for a minute or 10 or 20 however long feels good for you. And remember that any amount of practice is wonderful. If you've never danced before and you kind of feel like a goof anytime you start swinging your arms or, or bending your knees to a rhythm, that's okay. That's okay. Let that be what it is. Let your acknowledgement of your judgment be part of the practice and then give that up to something bigger than you. One of my favorite things to watch is small kids. I love kids. And I don't have any of my own, which is why I admire them from afar. Or if I have friends with kids, I like to be around them. And I like to be someone who introduces them to music and movement. Because it's the easiest job in the world. There is never a child I have ever met that hears music and doesn't dance. So as an adult, I try my very best to get in touch with that child, that inner little girl that I have, that I know, loves wearing a leotard and tights and a tutu and ballet shoes and stepping in rosin and falling down from too many pirouettes. I love that. Just like we used to skip all over the place. Skipping is dancing. It's rhythmic. It's athletic. It's movement. Putting your arms up over your head and just shimmy, shimmy, shake. Just pick one song and give it your all. And give it all up to your intention. Setting intentions. Sometimes it gives me anxiety. I don't know if you've gathered yet, but I'm, an, I'm a rather anxious person. Probably because I have so much energy and also desire. Lots of desire. And then I don't know where to put my energy. And so I've learned that the place to put my energy is in my intention. Which is terrifying terrifying I'll be honest for me and I hope that it's not as terrifying for you but if it is I'm with you I'm there because an intention is a desire it's a want and oh god I want it so bad whether your intention is love be it love for yourself love for your family love for your friends love from people just abundance of love or if it's success in your career, intentions of focusing your goals and achieving them. If you have work to get done, putting your intention in getting that work done by achieving that goal, moving forward and uh, hopefully achieving your desires. These are all intentions that you can put your movement into. And the movement doesn't have to 
remind you of what you're working on, but you can have that in your mind as you do your movements. And they can be as big or as small, as sexy, or as boot scoot as you like. If you want to put on some short shorts, a cowboy hat, and some cowboy boots, yeah, get to it. Whatever makes you feel good, which I also think can be intimidating. What makes me feel good? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know me that well. What do I like even? Oh, I don't know. What better way to find out? Take yourself on a date. Outdance it. I'll give you a fun little story. I was in Los Angeles visiting just a few months ago, and all of the plans I had laid before I went out there fell apart. All of the romantical plans, all of the social plans, they all just went right down the pooper. And I felt disappointed, as I'm sure most of you would. And I, I felt angry because it wasn't my choice. And I felt like people were just letting me down as though my feelings didn't matter. And all of those feelings were valid, but not a single one of them made me feel better. So I had to do something. I really had to do something. And so I took myself out dancing. I went to one of my favorite little bars and it happened to be a night where they had a really wonderful brass band playing. And I danced by myself for about two hours. I talked to no one. <laughs> I acted like I was all by myself on the middle of the dance floor. And I wasn't. There were lots of other people who were dancing. And there's power in that. Just like there's power in prayer. Just like there's power in chanting or singing. If you like to make music, that's sacred. If one of your friends likes to play drums while you dance, that's, that's magic. That's a spell right there. That's a spell for whatever you desire. I'm going to share my goal with you. My goal is to absolutely organize a group that decides an intention ahead of time and all together, whether you're doing music or dancing or taking your clothes off and writhing on the floor, all of us doing what our spirit is calling for in order to achieve more than action might get us. And that's a hard thing to say for me, my double Taurus moon and Virgo, but I love action. I do. But I find that putting all of my focus on action that is oriented on achieving a goal doesn't always keep me in the headspace or the spiritual place that gets me the most valuable outcome. Every now and then, really just kind of let go, let loose, give it up, praise, praise everything that's come before you, every ancestor that's supporting you, praise the gods and goddesses that guide us, that give us power and strength and wisdom, dance for them, for them for you, for all of us together. And don't worry what it looks like. Odds are it's going to look crazy. Why? Because magic doesn't make sense. Because magic is crazy. 
because it's crazy to think that you can do something outside of the norm that's going to get you everything that you desire. But that's not crazy. Not really. That's the truth. So the next time you hear your favorite song, or maybe you are like me and you like to make a quick playlist because you're like, oh yeah, this song, yeah, this song. And if you're not inspired by music, that's okay too. You can just move. You don't need anything but you and your physical body coming together with the intention of creation. Because you are a creator. Yeah. I had to let that sit and sink in with it. Or rather, I had to let that sink in and sit with it. (laughs) And I want to talk just for a brief second about how you might feel after the dance. You're going to feel elation. You're going to feel hot. You're going to feel maybe a little bit sweaty. You're going to feel euphoric. Dance is not just about busting a move or showing someone what you've got. It's not all dance battles and you just got served. A lot of movement has been pushed aside for all of these competitive or artistic reasons. But really, dance is about energy. Magic is energy. Channeling the energy harnessing the energy, sharing the energy, and using that energy, which is neither created nor destroyed, but simply transferred. Transferring it into something that you care about. And letting it go, letting the outcome go. Because even if you don't find your soulmate tomorrow, even if your dream job is not around the corner, but maybe a little bit more down the street, it's coming. It's coming. And when you dance, when you move, when you allow yourself to be so deeply in your body that you're outside of your body, you'll feel it. And feeling is where the truth is. Because when you feel aligned, you are aligned. And when you feel discomfort, there's a way to get back to it. There is a way. And it's not as hard as you think. Just bend your knees. And dance. Thank you so much for being with me today and listening to my solo rant about movement and yoga and dance and I hope this finds you well, and I hope that this full moon in Gemini was as good for you as it was for me. And remember that dance could lead to sound, so if you want to scream, if you want to howl, if you need to cry, let that be part of your sacred dance. Let that be the spirit moving through you. And remember that you've got this. Bless it be. Hey there, Tosca here. So I wanted to take a quick moment to share with you all about how you can support the Sex Magic Podcast. If you haven't already, you should follow us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. Pretty much everything is under Sex Magic Podcast. You can also find us at sexmagicpodcast.com and we have all of our links there. But most importantly, we recently launched our Patreon and it's really important to support us 
because our collective of co-hosts offers a diverse perspective on sex and magic. Though we each come from various backgrounds and cultures, our unifying passion is to empower and explore sexuality, spirit, and the occult in a safe and approachable environment. Each week, we offer a new episode on a fresh subject in the realm of spirituality and sexuality. We interview a variety of guests, from authors to psychologists to witches and beyond. We strive to share content that is educational, inspirational, and mystical. So join us on our journey through sex magic by supporting the work we do. Every dollar goes towards propelling us forward and will allow us to continue creating podcasts. By supporting our podcast, you'll join our community and be part of the conversation. Our Patreon patrons will gain access to various resources, rituals, recipes, and behind-the-scenes access. With more funding for our Sex Magic podcast, Coven can dedicate more time to crafting sacred offerings to our supporters, sex magic courses, videos, spell books, and we really would love for you to be part of our sexy little coven. So I also wanted to take a moment to shout out a few of the patrons we have so far. Shout out to Melina Beatrice and to Meredith Andrews. Thank you so, so much. And also a shout out to my boyfriend and to my mom. Thanks y'all for supporting. It means a lot. <laughs> so follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our website, and support us on Patreon. We love you, and we want to continue offering these amazing podcast episodes, and we're so grateful to do that and have your support.